Hi everyone, Eddie Spears here from the Now Bali podcast. We have a special bonus episode for you today, outside of our usual cultural series. This episode will be brought to you by our publisher, Alistair Spears, who will share with us his ideas and insights on how Bali and Indonesia can plan and prepare for the situation after COVID-19. It might sound like it's too soon to discuss this, but as you will hear, planning now allows for Bali to recover right off the bat when the markets open up again. Just a bit of background, Alistair Spears was also part of the post-Bali bombing official PR and communications team, helping to bring people back to the island and restart tourism, and has also consulted for the Indonesian Ministry of Tourism throughout his career. So that's enough from me. Over to Alistair Spears. Enjoy the show. Hello, this is Alistair Spears, publisher of Now Jakarta magazine. Back to you with another podcast, and this time we're looking at COVID-19. What happens after it's all over? Are we prepared for the next steps back to a new reality? The crisis will end, they all do, and usually precipitate another because our ability to recover is pretty much equal to our ability to plan. As the publisher of Now Jakarta and the chairman of Sustainability Advocacy, MVB, I have sadly found my way, weary way, through many crises in Indonesia over the last 40 years, from riots to earthquakes, from financial collapses to tsunamis. And if we are truly honest and compare our recovery time and our recovery programs to our neighbours in Singapore, Malaysia and Thailand, we will see historically that we have been very much slower than they are. And they are possibly not the fastest in the world either. Why is this? And what can be done this time to make recover quicker and easier and more permanent? In 1907, Baden-Powell, an English soldier, devised the Scout motto, Be Prepared. He published it in Scouting for Boys in 1908. Two years later, in 1910, the Boy Scouts of America was founded. In Scouting for Boys, Baden-Powell wrote that to be prepared means you're always in a state of readiness in mind and body to do your duty. Upon hearing the Scout motto, someone asked Baden-Powell the inevitable follow-up question. Prepared for what? Why, for any old thing, he replied. More than a century later, preparedness is still a cornerstone of scouting. Through its fun, values-based programme, scouting prepares young people for life. In the late 1900s, Baden-Powell wanted young people equipped to react quickly to an emergency. The Great War loomed, and soon the Boy Scouts, not a military organisation, but a service-minded one, would be called upon to play their part. His idea was that scouts should prepare themselves to become productive citizens and strong leaders to bring joy to other people. He wanted each scout to be ready in mind and body and to meet with a strong heart whatever challenges await him. Isn't that what we need now, I thought? We need to be prepared. What for? 
Well, as Baden-Powell said, any old thing, and let me say it, every new thing. Failing to prepare, as we all know, is preparing to fail. And as an ex-member of the insurance business, I know only too well how very unprepared people are for disasters and emergencies. The horror of the it-will-never-happen-to-me mentality keeps insurers awake at night, as sprinklers are never checked and safety procedures and regular maintenance, even of passenger lifts, and more astonishingly, planes, buses and trains, is often neglected. Of course, the actual frequency of occurrence is quite minimal, which is what lulls people into their state of delusion and false security. Sometimes insurers long for a good fire to wake everybody up, as long as no one is hurt, of course. But here in Indonesia, we really have no reason for complacency. We are under constant attack from natural and man-made disasters, and every time we have to start again from the bottom to build ourselves up. Do you remember the earthquake that devastated Jogja in 2006, killing more than 5,000 people? One year after that, I was asked to revisit the tourism industry and find out how they were recovering. In a meeting of over 50 industry leaders, I asked them to show me their updated crisis management plans. Not one had done it. I was not nice to them. They were letting their staff, their guests and their community down. They were unprepared again. Preparation, like the simple act of preparing a crisis management plan and sharing it with all your relevant staff and probably relevant stakeholders like the local fire department, the police and the community, can and will save lives. You all, of course, remember the Bali bombings which devastated the tourism industry in 2002. The government promised a dedicated recovery fund to get the island back on its feet, which was desperately needed, with hotels, restaurants and shops empty for three to four months, and families literally living hand to mouth. First the president promised it, then a month later the Minister of Tourism promised a sum of seven million something to be dedicated to PR, trade and consumer marketing to kickstart recovery. Everyone cheered. It was their lifesaver. They stopped cheering after a month and gave up after two. Astonishingly, it took seven months to get the fund and the recovery program in place. Then, because of many bureaucratic limitations, rules and regulations attached to the plan, it took six months to get a proper PR communications program to try to get the world to come back to Bali. It worked, but it could have saved thousands of jobs and months of anguish if it had been done immediately, or better still, prepared in advance, in anticipation of the many things that can and do go wrong. The question is, do we have that plan in place now so that the post-COVID recovery fund can literally go into effect the minute the industry says go? I suspect it is sedang the process. But let's fast forward to 2018, when Mount Agung started blowing its top. The tourist markets reacted with alarm and cancellation started flooding in. 
What was needed was an immediate, reasoned, professional response from the PR department to reassure everyone and preserve the inbound tourists and thereby Balinese jobs. But no, there was no PR department. That had been disbanded when it was no longer needed. Along with maintenance, crisis management and the whole concept of forward planning, I guess. Why would we expect it to be different today? Let's now visit our capital, Jakarta, where we have had major destructive floods again this year. Again? Why? According to the official spokesperson, it was because of unusually heavy rain. Well, I could have told you that. But I would have been fired from my insurance job for not anticipating that and advising my clients to look at the 100-year worst-case scenario, add 50% to it and make the infrastructure suitable to handle that level. But we were again unprepared, and as a result people lost their homes and some their lives, because there was no real urgency to protect and enable the ordinary citizens through correct planning. Instead, kilometres of sidewalks beautifying a city that never walks were built. Baden-Powell would have been furious. So here we are today, trying to cope with a brand new threat. But wait a minute, it's not brand new. It's SARS and MERS and bird flu revisited. What did we do then, anyone? Does anyone remember? Where is the SARS plan? Oh? filed with the PR and maintenance programs. Where is the post-SARS plan? There wasn't one? Then that's what we will do again. But it should not be. We need to be ready to take action to minimize human suffering and economic consequences. We need new ideas, new solutions, new initiatives, however crazy, to get the country back working. And giving money to local governments to disperse at their pleasure is not the way. Ask the people of North Lombok, who are still two years later waiting for their recovery program to be completed. Here are a few, I hope, completely different ideas that I've come up with that try to attack at least two challenges at once so that we have both short and long-term solutions. But first of all, we need to address the tourism industry, Indonesia's largest and easiest to recover sector we have world standard hotels, restaurants, parks, golf courses, spas, clubs and malls. We just need the people. But to get back the people, we need three really important things. One, confidence in our product. Will we really be as safe as we claim when the time comes? We do not have a good record of transparency. Two, a world standard PR and communications program with innovative and exciting ideas, as noted before. The past does not allow too much confidence. Three, real industry coordination and cooperation, so everyone in the industry joins the battle at the same time with the same message and their resources and commitment behind it. So how can we achieve number one? Not easy, but somehow we need to replicate the security infrastructure that all hotels and many other venues put in place after the bombings. We need a certification for our venues that says we comply with all anti-Covid regulations. 
Remember, Singapore does not have x-ray machines on the doors of their hotels because they comply on a national level through their border controls. We do not. But we could lead the world in post-COVID confidence for tourists if we start now. Next, we need the messages to be developed and created to industry approval for all the markets in the world. Come back to Bali again. Who has those ideas? Tell us now. Who has the connections? Will Traveloka and TripAdvisor and all the online travel agents who have profited so nicely from Indonesia's tourism come to the party and do some pro bono promotion? Will Facebook and Instagram and the other mega media help our struggle? Will the thousands of bloggers and influencers who have taken money from our industry kick in and help? I do hope so. But if not, that's okay. Just don't come back. We need the industry bodies, PHRI, Astina, Asita, the airlines, the parks, the industry, the whole of the industry to come together behind the plans. And for that, we need the ministry and all the Dinas Paruizata of all regions to take the lead, create the groups, give the call to action, create the funding and approve the plans. Who is prepared to stand up and make this happen? But we need business now. Something which will restart the industry in June or July or whenever the red light goes off and the green comes on. And the only thing I can think of will be meetings. We need the government to proactively hold all their meetings in hotels and restaurants all over the country, which will give money to the hotels and resorts and restaurants without it being subsidies or grants. Then we need the private sector to do the same. But since so many are also suffering, we need to make all these meetings tax deductible. So that, again, without subsidies or excess administration, the corporate sector can directly get the tourism sector restarted. Before I wrap up, I want to bring up a really good point raised by a very good and smart friend who, like me, is very concerned for the future of Bali's tourism. He said, isn't this the perfect time to hit the reset button for Bali? We are now experiencing Bali as it should be. No traffic, no pollution, no motorbikes parked everywhere. It's perfect, except there is no money and no business. But he is exactly on the right track. Will there ever be a better time to sort out the mess that Bali has gotten into with over-tourism? A time not to panic, but to plan. A time to consult with all the stakeholders and see what can be done, because there is so much to do. Let's start with parking. Most of the parking problems are created by employees' motorbikes who arrive at work and just park outside. We need to stop this now. Ubud started well with their central park year plan, and that needs done everywhere and enforced. Vacant lots commandeered and park and walk and park and ride services started. It is not rocket science. We need smart young people in charge. Where are you? Second, we can address the waste issue now. Implementing recycling centres across the island and making waste segregation compulsory for every office, house, hotel, bar, shop, club or park. You will not have your garbage picked up unless it is correctly separated. Then the separation goes into proper recycling.
Third, we can address the billboard and bali-ho issue now too. Billboards are unsightly. They block the landscape, they use unnecessary electricity, and they are completely against the brand image of Bali. They need removed. Yes, the local government gets a lot of revenue from these, but the advertising will go elsewhere and still be picked up in VAT, or even new taxes. It can be done. Rio de Janeiro did it. Lima in Peru did it. We can do it. We need to do it too and make Bali Balinese again. Why do I suggest these issues? Because when we go back to the markets to restart our tourism, we need a great story to tell. Come back to new Bali. We have new pedestrian zones. We have no traffic, no pollution, no waste on the beaches or in the rivers. All the things that you wanted changed, we have changed and we are COVID compliant. There are many more ideas out there and we need the brightest minds to address them now, and I mean now, or it will be too late. For more ideas from me, you'll have to pay, but you see the idea. We need to prepare for post-COVID-19 with new ideas to help industry, employment, and the environment. If we don't start now, we'll be back in 2002 waiting for months for the cavalry to arrive. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Now Bali and Now Jakarta. If you have any comments, please send them to me, Spears at Phoenix. I'll be happy to answer them directly. Thank you for listening. Thank you everyone for tuning in to this extra special episode of the Now Bali podcast, brought to you by Alistair Spears, the publisher of Now Bali and Now Jakarta. We'll be back with our usual and regular series every Monday, so don't forget to subscribe or follow us on Facebook or Instagram to get our latest episodes right in your inbox or on your feeds. See you at the next episode.